Well, happy Christmas Eve, everyone. Um, hope you're having uh, a few quiet ales or a couple of rowdy ones. Up to you. But um, look, guys, I just want to say a huge thank you uh, for the support throughout the year. It's been a massive year. Uh, we've had plenty of ups and downs, uh, but with the, the continued support from you guys and uh, the feedback and, and just sheer encouragement, um, it's been a lot easier to get back on our feet again and, uh, and keep this thing rolling. Um, this time of the year, I ask everyone to just to hold their loved ones that little bit extra tight this Christmas. Um, call a mate if you haven't spoken to one for a while, and um, you know let's let's do our best for 2020 and make it the best yet. Um, it's a time, uh, especially with the recent events, to to really stick together and uh, and and pick everyone up through through the tough times that uh, the 2019 threw at us. Um, it just seemed to be one of them years where you know we battled. For those, those you know that are hunting in New South Wales, you know we've battled drought, still continue to, um, you know, praying on rains, bushfires you know, up and down the east coast, and and every, it seems everybody's just been affected across the board, and now they're hitting the boys in South Australia, and you know, and it just I don't know, it, it's uh, it's going to take a little bit to pick up from this, and you know who knows what 2020 brings, but uh, surely it can't be, can't take much to get better than what uh, the 2019 was, so. Once again, thank you to everybody for the support. Um, you know, it's been a been a rocky ride. The podcast has is, is, uh, been up and down, but uh, you know, hopefully that you guys have enjoyed the year, uh, and um, yeah, we look forward to to twenty twenty, and uh, we'll we'll kick this back off again late January. Uh, once again, we've got bigger plans, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see what comes of it. Um, you know, a, a way to finish off the year, we've got. Uh, Adam Kavanagh, he's uh, he's been pretty popular on the on the Instagram and that of late. Um, Toby Hines sat down, well, actually over the phone, sat down with him uh, there a couple of months ago. Um, Adam, you know, he's a he's an interesting cat. He's uh, he's been through everything, to be honest with you. And uh, you know, over the last six years or so, he's just you know look ways to improve a life and uh, being his own. Um, suffered some pretty serious health issues, and he's pretty open about it too. And um, you know he's he's hit rock bottom and, and brought himself back. So, but uh, you know he's armed with the belief that you can hear yourself if you set out for a, for a life uh, or a better life with through um you know just good diet and, and a real healthy lifestyle. Um, you know he's been across the north living with Aboriginals, remote communities, and um, you know he's he's kicking some goals and he really just wants to share you know his journey with others and 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 hopefully make a difference. So um, you know credit to Adam uh, and Toby they they get into it on this one and you know I think it's uh, it's it's timely given that um, you know what everyone's going through and. Once again, I just want everybody to reach out to a mate they haven't spoken to in a while and uh, just make sure they're okay. Get them out for a hunt next year. And um, and as I said, let's uh, let's smash 2020. So, guys, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, all the best to everyone from my family to yours. Thank you. With the crazy world we live in today, many of us seek adventure of the unknown. Join the five of us everyday Aussies from all walks of life, share stories from men and women of all hunting camps. From tips and techniques to the emotional rollercoaster ride fulfilling a lifelong dream, there is a story to be told by all. Welcome to Hunty Camp Down Under. Yeah, so, Adam, how you going, man? Not too bad, Toby, what's going on? Just thought we'd uh, catch up for a, a chat. We've um, do a bit of a podcast with the man of the... The man, the man who spends a lot of time in the bush in the top end and 
learning how to survive and learning how to manage himself um, physically and emotionally and so that you can benefit others. And so I thought that you'd be a good guy to get on and have a chat with on this podcast in regards to, well, all aspects of life and in being um, content in life. Do you think, do you think you could, uh, you've got something to offer the, the listeners today? Um, I mean, I only have my own personal experience that I can talk about. So yeah, I guess if I have anything to offer that like, that's something I can chat about for sure. Yeah. I think you do. I think you've got enough. You've got enough. You've been around, you've learned some things, you learned some life lessons that will help and benefit other people, which is why, um, why we've got you on the podcast. So, so we're welcome to hunting camp down under today. We have Adam Kavanagh. And if you haven't followed Adam, he's on Instagram. He's had a pretty crazy life journey over time. He's, um, he's going to go through the history of what he's done. And I met Adam at the wild deer expo a couple of years ago. And um, we've stayed in contact ever since. And he's a really interesting dude um, who's just as positives for everyone. If you, if you get a chance, follow him on Instagram. We'll give you the handle in a sec. Um, and we're going to go through just stuff. We're just going to chat. So, um, yeah, Adam, would you like to sort of introduce yourself? And, you know, the usual, you've done this a couple of times on podcasts. So give us the rundown of where you are and how you got there. Right. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. It, it's been a, a long overdue chat. Um, where to start? Well, it's actually, it's been over three years now of being traveling Australia full time. I, uh, well, I haven't really worked yet. I, I did help a mate out for a couple of months, uh, down in Brisbane doing storm cleanup. But other than that, yeah, I literally haven't worked. Um, so yeah, uh, a couple of years ago, I was, a uh, well, yeah, the, the longest job I've had of, I was a coal miner for nine years. And anyway, I actually, I, I didn't mind the job too much, but, um, yeah, it took a bit of a, bit of a toll on my health. And, uh, I think maybe roughly when I was about 26, 27, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I got pretty sick. <laughs> I woke up one day and I had a, um, the like debilitating anxiety and depression, which I've, I guess maybe I have, I have experienced in life like mildly, but, but nothing like this. Like literally I couldn't, couldn't leave my room. And, um, last time I know I was like, holy shit, something's, something's wrong here. And, um, yeah, I went to the doctors and I said to him, I was like, I, I, I think my thyroid's playing up and the doctor said to me, he's like, no, nah, mate, you're a young male. Like that, you know, that, that, that couldn't be even possible. But anyway, I uh, made him run the tests and sure enough, yeah, I had an overactive thyroid. What, what brought and, you uh, to that conclusion? Uh, well, I believe, so in my family, there's the celiac gene and that can definitely play a role in you know, autoimmune conditions. So thyroids, the thyroid is an autoimmune condition, but more than that, like, man, like there's a whole rabbit hole of shit we can get into here. Like fluoride. I mean, so you were, you were in that situation and you just thought what illnesses related to the family or did you Google what relates to um, um, 
unprovoked um, feeling like shit? No, well, actually, um, I mean, I knew something was wrong, but every female in my family basically has some kind of thyroid issue. So um, I just had a, had a, like, I mean, yeah, I just thought, oh, well, it normally doesn't happen in guys, but I thought the symptoms were pretty similar. Pretty similar. But, um, I mean, everyone gets different symptoms with thyroid, like the whole depression and anxiety thing. I guess I'm susceptible to that anyway. So, like, I guess I can't blame it all on thyroid, but it definitely, um, yeah, it definitely kicked my ass. <laughs> but, and so your doctor, yeah, you went with that, you, that theory, you looked at it and you went, went to your doctor and yeah, you sort of had to tell him. Yeah, yeah, it was funny enough. Like he just said to me, he's like, "Oh, look, mate, because um, at a time, I, I I was um starting to date this girl, and he said to me, he's like, oh, mate, I think you're having woman troubles.' And I was like, mate, if you need me, I don't have any trouble with women. And um, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, sure enough, like yeah, the test come back, and I I had an overactive thyroid, but it got more complicated because they they couldn't work out why, and I mean. Uh, to, to, in a way, like looking back at it now, like he was right. He reckoned it was like a viral uh, thing that triggered it off. And the more that I've researched thyroid, like I think he was definitely right there. But um, there's a lot of things you can do to manage, you know, your health that at the time, um, I mean, like central Queensland, rural doctors, um, you know, like nothing against them, but there's just a lot of stuff out there now, like more holistic approaches to health so i mean he was pretty much keen straight up he's like all oh, right yeah like there's all these drugs you can get on um worst case scenario we can just remove your thyroid and you know she'll be right and i was like <laughs> uh i was like you know what, man i'm only 26 like i think i'm gonna go look for my own my own answers to this and then yeah i started a journey of um self-discovery where i've been looking at like natural ways to heal myself and i guess to jump a few steps that's what led me to getting back in the nature and spend a lot of time in the, in the wild and the bush, you know, <laughs> That's how Go, going to hunt. The... Yeah. Figuring the best, the best source of food is that, that is direct. That's the primary source. So you've gone from, yeah, everything processed and to a jump now where you would love to be able to kill everything and, and pick everything you ever eat straight out of wherever the field or the bush where it naturally occurs, I suppose. Yeah, like it, with the journey I've kind of been on, it's really made me appreciate hunting so much more because, you know, you're the one that's collecting the food and, you know, you, you definitely, you're going to get a cleaner food source. Um, but I mean, ultimately, like I can't hunt all the time. I mean, obviously when I'm up north, on indigenous land like that's definitely it's the only way to I, go. That's, that's all i do <laughs> you know that's all i do up there and whenever i can mostly that's how i like to to get my meat but yeah second to that then it's just like choosing the best quality meat you can you know did you what took you north like what made you go so you spent a, a fair bit of time at Dumaji. um with some uh around that area sort of but do you, what made you go there to start with um to be honest i so when i went to quit my job i uh 
I just had a feeling I was like, like I'd never really traveled or anything. And then that's um, when I went to quit my job, I was like, okay, like I, uh, before that, I thought, you know what, this is crazy. I'm going to go travel Australia in my four wheel drive. And then uh, I guess as a kid growing up, watching like the Bush Tucker Man and Malcolm Douglas, like that's where they spent a lot of time was up there. And I'd never been up there. And I thought, you know what, that's, that's where I want to go. I reckon like I want to, I want to go experience that. So I was just lucky enough to, yeah, like it's a funny story. I was in the Burktown pub. This is, so this is obviously back when I used to drink. I, I, I don't drink anymore. I was in the Burktown pub and I run into this, uh, this fella. And uh, anyway, we hit it off because we were talking about like fishing and hunting and stuff. And then he said to me, he's like, uh, it w- he just asked me, he's like, I want to be keen to go uh, fishing. And I, I was like, oh yeah. So anyway, we exchanged numbers. And then it was literally about uh, two years later, I randomly got this phone call and he's like, oh, are you ready to go fishing? <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> it was like, he, he just called up as if it was yesterday. I was like, <laughs> and he goes, anyway, uh, it took me a little while to catch on who it was. And I was like, oh, I was like, shit, I, I didn't think you'd remember me. And he's like, yeah, man, like, are you ready to go fishing? And I was like, shit, yeah, I am. So, yeah, I loaded up my car and drove up drove up north and went into the Gulf. And then, um, yeah, become pretty good mates. And since then, yeah, I've been going back. I've been back a, a fair few times now. And, yeah, just spend a lot of time on Indigenous land up in the Gulf now. So I've had some pretty bloody awesome experiences up there just from that one encounter, you know. So. It's funny you say that because I met um, Bob Catter in the pub as well. Is that little, <laughs> it's that little pub, like real short roof, is it? It's all tipped yeah, like, yeah. like gnarly. Yeah, I was sitting, I didn't even know who he was and we're at the, at the Burktown pub and like there's that little bar inside with the, the fridges at the back there and sitting against the wall and then the door opens and everyone in there is wearing thongs and singlets and shorts and there's tourists around but... We're sitting there, I was there with the missus having a beer and this bloke just rolls in like he owns the joint with his big aviator sunnies, white moleskins with polished Aaron Williams and a nice button-up shirt and a big hat and just strolls in like he owns the joint. I'm like, look at this prick. Does he own, own the golf or something? Like, he must be some big cattle baron anyway. And there's only one spot next to me. So he sat at the bar for a little while waiting, nothing happened. And then he sat next to me at this little thing waiting for attention his little entourage come in with boxes of files and stuff i had no idea who he was and then the barman got his attention and he was he said something about the uh like jokingly said something about the bloody service he is horrible or something and then got his attention anyway i didn't know for like a year after that because i wasn't into politics or anything and it was bob catter it was just funny that everyone's in this little little pub in the middle of nowhere darrow and and bob was staying upstairs in the pub and rolled in like the clean white dude that he is but yeah that was funny yeah yeah it's odd but um yeah you got another phone call no (laughs) um shut the door yeah so from there do you how did they their being in that community affect the way you look at things being in that environment yeah like it's definitely I, mean, I don't know the best way to to explain it. Like it's definitely taught me to slow down. <laughs> yeah. Because I like spending time up in the indigenous communities. Like they, um, they like they definitely run on their own time. 
like exactly the example of like when my mate called me up to go fishing two years later like (laughs) in a way like that's cool they're just so relaxed so when my mate says to me he's like uh we'll go we'll go hunting on monday you know like that could be any monday from now onwards but doesn't necessarily mean the coming monday but in a way I, i like that like it's just this just you know like when when they say something like they're gonna do it but it you know, you don't have to lock it. Like it doesn't. There's no pressure. Like you don't have to do it. They don't, they don't work on a white man's clock. It's such. Nah. There's no. I mean, there's no time frame. Yeah, like it's definitely a lot more stress free, to a degree. Like I mean, like they they have their own stresses going on, you know, but um, in that regard, yeah, like it's just so casual. So did like that the time frame? Did that with? So when you um. So when you're feeling not so good, like when you're in your moments, how how do you feel and how did you use things that you've learned to, to we'll go on, on to health in a sec, but from your experiences like that with time slowing down and, and then running a basic, uh, like people living up north running a simpler life with less congestion mentally, as well as probably physically not as busy did that help you with your headspace as well as yeah for sure i mean um i'd like to say that they're completely stress-free up there but i don't like that's just not true like um i mean in some ways yeah like definitely with uh as regards to like they got health stress as well yeah like they have a lot of health issues up there but i mean um one thing that I really learnt about spending a lot of time up there is that how important like tribe and community and family is. And I definitely think that is something that we are really getting away from. And it's it's really important. Plus just um, like spending time in nature. Like, I mean, I guess up there, it's probably taken for granted, you know, but and most people do take it for granted, but that, that everything in the last few years, like the biggest thing that has helped me heal and has helped on my health journey has just been generally spending time in nature, like getting away from the hustle and bustle, cars, noises, people. Like, I mean, I say that tribe and that's important, but also like having some, you know, time by yourself is important too. And that's, that's been the biggest thing is just being up there having no time frame and just yeah getting to spend bulk period of time like bulk amounts of time in nature like that's and that's one thing that that's I think, been a game changer i think that's what well that's what i really enjoy about hunting um is like i've always said that is the killing bit isn't the fun bit or it's there's no satisfaction in the kill it's the end means to an ends to finalize stuff but when you're when you as we know we've got that hunting community which guys will get together and you group of mates or in the old days when there was no group of mates and that was your group that was your tribe that was your hunting gathering group of people and you go out and do your thing and and like you said there's nothing when you step out and everyone says it and it becomes cliche, but it's so true that when you step out into the bush 
There is nothing else. Works out. Phone calls, traffic, price of petrol, rent, electricity bills. Um, stuff that when you live a nomadic lifestyle is a bit... <laughs> not so much, but for other guys who have all that, that's, their, that's, that's when they can let that go. And that exact thing that you're experiencing that is more guys get that than the the hunting i get that i go out and that's my my uh, like i've said it to you it's like a meditation it's extremely physical meditation but it, it's all health it's all for the brain and the soul the, the go out just it's like a reset there's nothing to worry about and everything just it flushes out all that crap that's in your head and you soon get brought back to reality but gives you a good reset if you do a three-day hunt or something like i can only imagine the guys in the well i've done a few three-day hunts in victoria in the high country but i can imagine it's similar for those guys who do that every now and then is they literally just go up and not see any people in the bush the only thing they have to do while they're there is find a deer it's literally the simplest thing and like you living up north the only thing you have to do is find dinner and then if it's a boar, in your case, it attacks you. <laughs> what, what, happened, what happened for that one? Did you get dinner that night? Um, yeah, that's another story, that one. Um, oh, I guess I, I sort of answered both of your questions there. So, yeah, I guess when you know, when you know what meditation sort of is, like a, a clearing of the mind, like it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be sitting on the ground cross-legged in yoga pants you know, yeah you know what i mean like that's that is that is one way to to do it you know like that's that's one way to do it but also you know getting away from all your you know just the normal everyday stresses and just spending time in nature like yeah going on a hunt you know you're just taking life back to basics and you're getting away from everything and then it is when because you're pretty singular minded when you're out on a hunt you know you're not really focusing on everything else you're just focusing on you know tracking listening being present you know you like you're looking you're hearing you're smelling and it really brings you back um to be present i guess that's the best way to put it yeah that and, that, and that, that is you have to you have to focus on the moment that you're in when yeah, you're hunting back to the present moment and that's that's one thing that we kind of that is a bit of a problem in this day and age is that we we're not really present anymore and then so i guess yeah being out in nature or hunting or anything like that really for, like not forces you but like it's a it's a really easy way to not be distracted and really get yourself into that kind of presence so that's and i guess so yeah you could you definitely could call spending time out hunting meditation to an extent for sure but uh no that's that's it. It certainly makes my um, like feel like a reset when I go out. Yeah, things, anything you're worried about or any of the trivial issues that are on your mind soon get cleared after a day out. And um, you don't even need to kill anything. I don't kill much now. It's a big drought. There's nothing to kill. It's already dead. Um, but just the walking, just the time in the bush, like you said, living in the moment, not worrying about what has to be done what has no, to be I mean, done um, next week? I mean, like, stress is always going to be there. But, uh, like, when you get that, those moments of clarity out in the bush, you know, you can clear your head 
I mean, no, I'm not going to knock meditation because I do do it. I mean, you do that. It kind of gets you back into yourself for a moment, gets you out of your head. So then when you do go back to, you know, your, your stresses, I mean, like not everything, we, we, I guess we can't call everything a stress. Like when you just get back into life, then, you know, you've got to clear ahead. It's a bit easier to deal with it. If that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, we often hear that with people who are having a rough time, go out for a week and they come back, reset. They do, there's there's less of those little worries. And then there's also a sense of accomplishment if you do happen to come home with a backpack full of food or a a set of antlers or horns or tusks or whatever else. So you get a a clearing of the, the head and then that sense of accomplishment as well. So it's like a double whammy. Um, positive, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Like if you do make a successful, uh, like you know, you do get a su- successful harvest, then that's just a bonus on top. Like, uh, literally, I, I'd uh, as a as a bow hunter yourself, you'd know you pretty much spend most of your time walking around with your bow. Like, I guess you could call it walking, not really hunting. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You don't. You don't. Yeah, we. Or you. Hardly ever knock an arrow. <laughs> when, yeah, when you do, it's like. But that's part of it. That's what we enjoy. So, did you get into it for? Uh, did you get into it for providing yourself with clean meat, or did you get into it because of the ancestral nature of it, the survival nature? To be honest, I I first really got into bow hunting. Um, my my brothers actually were playing around with bows and even at the time like wasn't really interested i was like oh yeah that's cool and then um i thought one day i thought i'll stuff it i'll I'll have a bit of a crack at it and shot the box a few times and then and then uh i was kind of hooked then i thought oh yeah this is like actually pretty there's something to this this feels really good so initially i didn't get into it to hunt at all actually like i was pretty much just shooting the target like i had no real interest in hunting and then um Actually, uh, I ended up watching a few of the Feral Game DVDs, uh, the ones Brad Smith recorded years ago. And then uh, my, my, my brothers were actually watching those. So even then, I wasn't really interested in that stuff. And then I watched a few and I thought, oh, this... Because uh, like I've, I've grown up fishing and, I mean, a little bit of hunting on, on a cattle property. So it wasn't nothing like bow hunting at all. Um, and then, yeah, like that just watching those like really got me interested in it, you know, like how close you have to get the stalk, the tracking. Um, and then uh, like initially still at that stage, it wasn't about collecting food. And then, uh, yeah, eventually got to that stage where when I decided to start traveling around Australia, I thought, oh, like this, this could go hand in hand. Like I love to bow hunt. And I, I know I've got access to places I'm allowed to hunt. Like, you know, it makes sense to to hunt for my food. So that's that's where it really started, actually. When I first started traveling, yeah, like I started to try different animals. And that's yeah, that's how it really kicked off, actually. Like just a, a need to get food in some places where it was going to be hard to get food. So bow hunting just made that challenge a lot easier. Yeah. And then you found the other rewards once you started participating in it and you realized there's more to it than just 
getting yourself food or just shooting an arrow or a gun if it's takes if it, it requires a gun so have you yeah um, to be honest and, and then uh so initially when i started bow hunting like then i realized like there was a pretty good community in australia of bow hunters and i thought oh this is pretty cool like i, I, I didn't really realize that there was like a you know there was a bit of a a group in australia doing that sort of stuff so that kind of sparked that off and then in turn like like for instance if i didn't do bow hunting we wouldn't be we wouldn't be having a chat right now i wouldn't imagine and uh it's really got to me really got me to uh it's connected me with a lot of really cool people and then also um maybe if i didn't bow hunt maybe it wouldn't have pushed me to to explore the remote land so much like it i definitely usually when i'm out exploring i'll take the bow because usually i'm also trying to find food at the same time so it's like a win-win like i'm out exploring and i have the bow in hand usually so yeah no it's been a pretty you wouldn't have gone to melbourne down there or victoria to do that for the deer expo either would you had had you not linked with a like it takes i know it takes me way more places like to see way more people having this community a hunting community and i'm sure everyone else is in the same boat um which you should take advantage of um it's a real like there's you get people are so like-minded it's not funny like it's a it's if you say i, I don't know i haven't, I haven't played too much sport but if you get a group of people that play soccer or football they may live totally different lives but they play soccer but generally find a lot of hunters are really really like-minded and we've got very similar personalities unlike a group of people that do it another multi like we're all individuals but if you know what i mean and uh, well that's what i've found anyway i really get along with most hunters and i don't know if i'd have the same in a in a, in a different style of sporting i don't know if, if you get what i mean yeah one thing i've noticed all us bow hunters are batshit crazy. We've <laughs> <laughs> no. all got to screw loose somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> we have to. No, you're right. It's a pretty cool community of like-minded people. You know, like just about everyone I know that bow hunts love spending time in nature. And usually it's not even really about the hunting. It's just getting outdoors, having some kind of adventure, you yeah. know, uh, catching up with mates, spending time with, with new crew. You know, it's, yeah, it's, Really. it's good in that regard for sure yeah so you um we've had a few like recent men uh like a uh, men's health is a big a big thing right now at the moment and which is sort of your your aspiration is to help with men's health in all aspects of men's health and it's we're talking to this and and rob herbert's done a few podcasts on it um and discussing men's health and I don't want to double up on, on things like that, but it's still a big issue right now. It doesn't seem to be getting any better. And so we got you, we want to talk. I, I don't, I don't have um, any like grounds to talk on in regards to being unhappy or, or things not quite right. But I changed what at Christmas time I was in talking to you about, I think I was saying, how do you get, why are you happy so hot? happy all the time and like so easy going and and um staying fit and healthy and, and having a a low responsibility lifestyle helps but also 
I had a pretty good, like, good job and income and family and home and everything like that. And every now and then I'd start to feel like shit, like, but nowhere near to the extent of other people. But I'm a bit of a control freak. And as people who know me, I'm pretty stubborn with things. So when I couldn't control how I felt in a situation, I was getting very angry. Um, I got pretty pissed off with myself <laughs> that I couldn't control my own emotions. So I contacted you and said, like, what's happening? And I think we spoke on the, like, my, my family. Everyone hits their middle 30s and has, grows a gut and um, gets on. And I'm like, that's oh, just genetic. And you're saying it's not genetic and this and everything's related. So we want to sort of, you know, the, the, there's a few guys on Instagram and stuff, but there's very few in Australia or it's very, it's not really spoken about. People talk about health and well-being and diet and exercise. But, and they say, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. But there's still no big connection or emphasis on eating the right foods for your body. And not necessarily having to do exercise, but having it directly related to your mental health. And you're, you're massively, you've spent a lot of time with people on this. And through what you've shown me just blew my mind. And other guys that now seen on Instagram um, or mates of mine that have changed their diet and it's changed their, their mental health without doing anything different in life except changing what they eat. Um, it, it's helping. So, so what, what am I, what's the point? Got to get to a point. Uh, the point is, yeah, we want, we want to try and help guys at the moment who are, who are down and out and they've tried stuff or they might be uh, taking some medication or they might be trying to exercise or stuff's not working or they're sitting there cranky all the time. They're wondering why they're getting angry. They're wondering why people piss them off um, so much. And I just, I don't know how, how you can put it, how you can roll it out but that's that's where you're at right now isn't it helping men's mental health through their entire you want to you want to get into that and help people through their the entire process through diet and there is a connection through diet health well-being mental health that was a big mouthful for you <laughs> yeah so um well yeah firstly i uh, yeah like i, I plan to take i mean there's a pretty pretty rough outline here i uh i i'm currently a personal trainer but i plan to be a more holistic uh personal trainer you know maybe not like your your average per like pt It'd be a life coach and also also i i'm putting together a bit of a a bit of an experience where to help people i'll take them out into the to nature you know like maybe perform some rituals or whether it just be spending time out in nature, you know, some like it's just so healing that I'd love to be, to be able to help people experience that. So yeah, like I plan to take, take men and maybe not only men, like it, that just seems to be the, the crew that are, that are drawn towards me, but yeah, I'd love to take men out in the bush and in that environment, then show them some of the, the tools and tricks that I use for my, for my own mental health. And, um, so how that all started, obviously through my own mental health battles, I, uh, like, I mean, I, <clears throat> it's funny, you know, like years ago, I'd see people with depression or I'd hear about depression and 
I'd be like, oh, you know, they could just stop if they wanted to. They're just being silly. They could just, you know, you just stop doing it, snap out of it. And then uh, when I woke up that day and I and I had anxiety and depression, bloody, and panic attacks too, so bad that I couldn't even leave the house. I thought, okay, like this, this shit is real. And then um, like... So I've been to the darkest depths of, of of mental health. So that's why I uh, when you know, I, know how, I know how shit it is. So your self worth, your feeling of self worth, is at, at at minimal. Like if guys are feeling it right now, if there's someone out there right now, what what are they going to be feeling to be in that situation? I mean, it's different for everyone. Like sometimes, like literally, it could just be, you know, you might just. You might feel worthless. You might have lost all drive. You might you might have noticed you're just not laughing anymore. You just tired all the time. Yeah, you could be tired all the time. You know, you could be getting snappy at people. You could be cranky for no reason. You could have the old uh, paranoia, stinking, stinking thinking going on. Like you know, you just start worrying about stuff over and over. Like just the the symptoms are are huge. You know, like there's just so many different different um you know things that could be happening to the body or the mind from from some kind of mental mental health issue but and where it gets to actually is so through my own mental health battles i realize is it when you go to the doctor i mean they do have some techniques that they'll they'll recommend but usually I mean, it's not uncommon just to get prescribed drugs, but they're really just a band-aid. You're not really fixing the actual issue. And one thing I noticed, like, <clears throat> and I have a lot of respect for these people, like I'm not knocking them at all, but there's like a big push for like talking about mental health. You know, it's like, let's talk about depression and let's talk about men's health. And I'm just at that stage where it's just like, okay, well, we're talking about it, but but nothing's happening. So I want to be a bit more proactive. So I've been, I'm a bit of a guinea pig. Like I like to, to trial stuff on myself and uh, always learn more and, and experience new things. So through that of, I mean, yeah, not to say that everything that I've tried, you know, would work for everyone. Everyone's, you know, it's all individual, but, but yeah, I definitely think now I've definitely got some techniques down pat that can progress beyond just talking about it. Cause that's the thing. It's just like, okay, well, we're, we're talking about it, but like, what can we actually do? Like that. So that's, and there is a lot of people that, that, that have this knowledge. The knowledge has been out there for a long time. Like I didn't just think this stuff up. Like people do this. I've tried it. It's worked for me. And that's the stage where I'm at. It's like, okay, like I've tried some things and I'm pretty confident that, you know, there's some stuff out there that can help some people. So it's like, okay, like, rather than just talk about it okay like what can we actually do about it yeah so. you feel a lot of a lot of like you said with the talking about it is is that look they're not looking at it from that holistic point of view they're looking at let's fix your head through conversation and other things when uh, you found and you've shown with me and a few other people that it's it's everything you can't it can't just be done there's there's other factors so yeah it's just not not your you can't just fix your head is what you found yeah exactly so there's so many ways you can tackle 
this or or at least approach it. The biggest thing I've found, and even for myself, it was the hardest thing to, to literally wrap my head around was your stomach or your gut is literally, as people would say now, it's your second brain. So literally what you put into your stomach will determine to a degree what's, or maybe even more than to a degree, but basically like if you put shit into your stomach, you're probably going to feel like shit in your head. And for most people, it's probably like, you know, they're probably going to be like, turn this podcast off right now. Oh yeah. I, but, um... I thought, I thought there's no way that what, like, like you say, I'll cut in like there's, I was the massive, most massive skeptic. And I was the same as you where, how does that, you can't, if you're not in the situation of depression, I was, I was very minor. I was the early stages of not just like, not controlling in my own emotions, but I can only, I can't, I can't even relate. I can't even think of what people who are way in the black hole think, but are people that aren't in that situation can't comprehend it. It's, there's just no way of comprehending that, that how they're feeling to get out of there. And, um, and you think that what random suggestions like we're going to talk about now, it's like no way. But then when you try it and it just, blows your mind it's fucking it's cool like yeah like i mean there, there, there's so many other factors as well you know um like trauma is one of the things where that's going to cause some some mental health health issues but ultimately this this would be trauma and experience aside this is for people who are living okay. quite normally yeah. if yeah because yeah. you can't help sort of the guys who have been in service um, whether it be police or military or ambulance and exposed um, I, I to disagree. some... Like there's, and that's the thing. So whether you've had trauma or whether you're randomly having, you know, some kind of depression or something for no reason, ultimately you can definitely help the symptoms or help yourself mentally still by what you do with your stomach. Like, so whether, yeah, like whether it's trauma or... And I'm no trauma expert. Like I, like personally, I'd say I don't really have any trauma. But I guess everyone ha does have some kind of trauma in their own way. You know, like whether you, it's kind of funny how the brain works. Like the brain will find something in your life that it will consider trauma. But at the end of the day, there's so many things you can do. So, and that's one thing too. People do. It's like you, you get so kind of wound up and you think you feel you do feel so worthless and helpless when you're kind of in the in the bottom of the hole but uh there is definitely things you can focus on they're going to help so that's the the gut health stuff is one thing and that's that's the focus with what you put in your stomach like it's gut health so if you if your stomach is up to shit it will make your head feel like shit which i know personally and uh as you've said you've got the experience that now as well <laughs> yeah yeah, that was, I, yeah, I don't want to dwell on it, but I was very simple. I was very, as yeah, like you said, like we spoke, I was getting real cranky and um, people's small actions were pissing me off. So, yeah, and then I changed, changed my diet and almost within days, my coping mechanisms for things that pissed me off um, were non-existent and a thing that, and like I've I've spoken to 
to to a few people on it and you and numerous podcasts and then um reach out to other people and finding the same thing same reaction that, that when they change sim- my simple change and i've got a friend here at home is a a woman who's got kids and things and and she couldn't cope with the kids like they drive her nuts and drive her really angry and this is all minor but it can stem to the deeper stuff but the coping mechanism from everyday stuff in life just upgraded it's like you upgraded your brain even though you've just changed your diet you've upgraded your firewall or whatever to a it's got a whole new defense mechanism where stuff just bounces off it doesn't even there's not even a blip on your radar where that small thing would drive you nuts the day before and i'm just talking on anger not talking on depression or or things like that but um yeah it's really yeah, it's, it's shocking. It's shocking, as you know, because we spoke about it. I'm like, can't believe yeah. it. Can't believe it, what you're suggesting. And then the physical benefits came within a few weeks um, of other things, but that's not not what we... With physical was like the side effects, which was great. But yeah, that, like you're saying, that, that negative thought train just disappeared completely. So are you able to explain how how that gut health and how people what not going into we're not here to push any carnivore or anything like that but more of a balanced diet but what type of things um listeners may if they're feeling like this where things i know i work with people and i'm like dude you've got to cut that out or you've got to stop eating that it's way worse since i started doing this so i've been doing i've been a a carnivore majority like probably 80 percent carnivore since christmas time and um, now I see people at work, I'm just like, if you stop doing that, you wouldn't, that wouldn't piss you off because afterwards they're like, why did I get so angry at that? And they eat, oh mate, was eating crap all the time. He'd drink 10 beers of a night time and then he'd just drink, uh, eat a heat of crap during the day, high sugar, uh, processed foods. And I'm like, I wonder, I'd love to know that if he changed his diet, would he not be so angry at everything? Um, but how how does that work? How does how's the relationship and what kind of things on a general as a general rule? What kind of things should people look to change if they wanted to help themselves with their gut health? All right. Well, this is where I'll so I'll go back to when we were talking about the just having a chat about mental health and men's health. This is a perfect scenario where that is like that doing that helps. So I mean, like we're having this chat about mental health now, and this is like that, like I'm pretty grateful for that, but, but this is the thing. It's just like, so as men, one thing we're bad at is asking for help. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with like I myself, uh, recently just had, you know, life handed my ass to me because like I got so stubborn that I wasn't asking for help. And then I just had it, you know, that's been the thing for me lately. Just you know, it's a constant ongoing. You you had a you had a relapse. Work. You had a relapse back into. You, I maybe, guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like just just one thing I know, just from my own personal experience, like that is one good good thing about just having the conversation about mental health and men's health is that for men it's not something we do a lot of. So I will like that is a a bloody good thing. Because as men, we, we, we're, we're scared to reach out and ask for help because we hate to be vulnerable. We hate to fail. We hate to look like idiots. We hate to get embarrassed. 
but you've got to ask for help. So in saying that, like if um, I'm sure we're not going to be able to cover everything in this podcast because I'll forget stuff and we'll just miss stuff. But yeah, like for sure, if anyone wants to know anything, reach out. If I don't know, I'll point you in the right direction of someone who does know. But um, yeah, in saying that, okay, so some stuff that we can do to help with this stuff um, is obviously, yeah, the first thing is just to have the conversation because, you know, if you, if you start talking about it, someone's either going to point you in the right direction or share their own experience. And in some cases, that's all you need. Like I will say like a problem, a problem shared is a problem halved. So yeah. I myself know, like sometimes when I have been in my darkest places, like just having a chat, just when you finish having a chat with someone who's who's had that experience too, who's been through it, you do, you, you're like, you, you finish that chat and you're like, bloody hell, I actually feel like I've had a weight lifted off me. Like I've just taken a big bloody concrete block off my chest. So we, we did that. We did that with that. We have that running WhatsApp where you get to say yeah. whatever, no interruptions. And then, by the end of it, sometimes we answer our own questions by just voicing it to each other without in person. So we just record that, what we think, our thoughts at the time, and then you'll send your opinion back and we go back and forth. I think that's a that's a pretty safe way to reach out to someone if you can find someone like-minded or someone you trust and you just say whatever without any interruptions, like I've just interrupted you then. We're social creatures. Like we're designed to socialize, have tribe, communicate we're help not, each you know, other we're not designed to be solo yeah but but as men we think that's tough and that's hard you know i'm hard man i've got it all under control but i mean yeah usually people that do that i know myself i, I was being that dude and then i had my ass handed to me <laughs> you got you know if you don't know ask that's all you can do yeah but and, and then yeah like exactly like because i travel around a lot it's not like I can constantly be hanging out with mates or I can, you know, just have a chat. So that it's been great that we've been able to do that chat through WhatsApp because it's like my way of, you know, like uh, sharing my thoughts. Then, yeah, like just like you said, when, once you sort of talk about it, you kind of can reflect and review on what you've said. And, you know, that's just how we're doing it. Like I'm sure talking in person is obviously better. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's, some, that, that, like, some that, people that's may struggle to say to, that, though. Some people may struggle to talk to people. I'm just saying a, a record of what of your thoughts and sending to someone is a non-confronting uh, way of dealing yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I guess we've we've uh, we've been pretty lucky that that we've been able to do that and like share our own experiences. You know, as two blokes, like it's it's been pretty bloody helpful to to do that. And just like you said, yeah, it's like I'm not it's not really confronting. It's a pretty easy way to 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 have a chat. You know, like that's how we're doing it. But yeah, like there's so many other ways to to have that chat. So I'd have to say, yeah, like that's definitely the first. That's the that's the best way to approach this. Firstly, is just to to bloody have a chat. Reach out if you feel like shit, because uh, you know, like the, the people have been through this. They've worked it out. You know, like, yeah, you, you know, you're not gonna fix it sitting. Yeah, it, it may be, it may be, and the way you go about it, if you don't want to feel weak, is if you find someone and you say, "It's is, does this ever like annoy the shit out of you? Does this make you so cranky you can't like do this?" And they they may be like, "Yeah, man." Like that pisses me off, and I think about that all night. And I can't sleep because it's bloody annoying. So that doesn't come across as as weak or anything. 
it's just finding common ground. And if common ground is negative thought, or which it will be, everyone feels it, it it's a different way to saying I feel sad and worthless. But find that, look, do you like, does this make you feel like this? I feel like shit. I don't want to feel like that. And then that, then you can stem and build a relationship with someone and, and go into a deeper, a d- deeper conversation and emotion instead of just feeling like you're coming out in that way. Like if you, if you've got that manly man and you feel weak or you feel vulnerable, bring it across as a different, different conversation to start with. Ease it in in a different, a different way. Yeah. Okay. So many, so many, like they talk about talking about it. So everyone does talk about it publicly with a face on. There's like a, a, a shroud over talking about it instead of going in depth and making it personal, which is the next step of talking about it, I would think. Yeah, and, and that is one good thing why it is good to talk about mental health is because it has got a huge stigma around it. Like, you know, it, it, and then and then that's the worst thing. Like, as a bloke, I know when I first started having depression and that you're just like oh no like what's like what's wrong with me like and then you feel stupid because it, it's happening to you and you don't know what to do about it so then you don't you, you, you don't want to reach out to anyone ask for help because you don't want them to know that you're going through that so it's like this vicious cycle but that's why just having the chat like right now like this is a good thing like we're we're letting the cat out of the bag we're just having a good good chat about it like it's it's a good first step yeah, it's completely normal. So then from there on is where people fail to make the next step. Some will go and get a doctor or get a medication and some people spend the rest of their life on five milligrams of whatever it is, diazepam or, or something like that. Um, but so a very simple method is what you're trying to promote uh, well, and you've learnt from is look at what you're putting in your mouth and into your stomach. So how is that, how is that relationship with your mental health? Yeah. Okay. So firstly, I'll tell you, I personally am not a big fan of taking any drugs or medications to, to help with mental health, but it depends on your situation and where you're at. Like for some people, like they might have to do that, you know, and that's all right. But, it's more long-term uh, and also like, I guess at the end of the day, the medications and that, it's, it's a bit of a band-aid. Like you're not really fixing the underlying root cause and that's where a lot of people get caught out. So like straight off the bat, there is a, a and one of the biggest things for our mental health in Australia, like we have this culture, you know, like, and uh, I'm sure, you know, a few people are probably going to lose interest as soon as I say this. <laughs> That's all right. I used to be Welcome. a huge, massive drinker, you know, like I'd go out every weekend and get absolutely bloody blind. And um, everyone knows like alcohol is a depressant. And that's one big thing in Australia. It's like you're not hard unless you can like drink a carton a night or something. Like, oh, yeah, that's what I used to do anyway. So, um, but anyway, <laughs> give myself a little badge here. But, um, yeah, like so, so alcohol is a depressant. So I, I've had this chat with people, and um, like in my own personal experience, if I drink alcohol, like I'll feel depressed. So, I mean, for me, it was a pretty easy choice. I'm like, okay, if I drink alcohol, I get depressed. So I'll just 
stop drinking but i mean it gets more difficult for that for some people you know because like maybe that's the only way they socialize is through drinking so i had to stay pretty open-minded because i did find initially when i stopped drinking i lost a lot of mates you know well not lost i, I made new mates so i i um because i had mates a bit like oh let's he's keen to go fishing on the weekend they'd be like oh yeah like um what you know uh we'll be drinking right and i'll be like oh no like i just wanted to go fishing because i genuinely actually wanted to go fishing they're like oh well, like, there's no point if we're not drinking because this is this is when i realized that alcohol was um giving me depression so i was like oh, okay like this is um this is a bit awkward then my mates didn't really want to hang out with me because i wasn't drinking so that was a bit of a party pooper but still to be honest i'm probably too loose on alcohol so it's been a good thing actually that i backed <laughs> off like i still i still buddy do some pretty loose shit but um but yeah like that was one thing i noticed so i've, I've had this chat with people that have said to me like oh i get really depressed when i drink and i'm like well don't drink you know, yeah i mean you, you, maybe you can drink maybe you just don't have to drink as much maybe you need to change what you drink you know um but that's one thing in australia that i will say that is one culture that is is catching us out you know like if you catch up with someone you got to have a beer in hand you know like it's just it it's just is what you do but that's one thing i've found it's like for a lot of people they can't manage their consumption either whether there's a lot of people you know that once they've had one or two they're all in whereas other people are quite comfortable just to have a glass or a stubby you know what i mean or a schooner and be quite okay but the people that have the issues seem to be the ones that always have to go all, all in yeah so that's where i was going with this um so that's myself personally i've, I've got a bit of an, a, a, an addictive personality so i can't just have one if i'm going to drink i go until i'm passed out like, that's, like until I'm blacked out. Just, that's just for some reason that's just my nature but then yeah like you got the people that will just chill out in the afternoon they might have you know one drink with dinner or something like that like that's even then really personally so getting onto the gut health thing uh gluten is a massive trigger for anxiety and depression and just that alone just trying to remove gluten from your diet so it, like it probably sounds so stupid it's because like most of the, the shit we eat is gluten so it's like you know bread and pasta and all that and you know people probably right now thinking like well what the fuck like everything i eat is gluten it's like well it, it has been shown like just and i know personally so the biggest problem for my health is gluten like because i'm a i have the celiac gene um and that's the thing the doctors didn't pick that up but uh yeah so gluten for me triggers off inflammation in the gut and then that just causes a whole host of bloody problems and that's sort of that, well that's really what's happening with everyone to be honest like so that goes beyond mental health issues like that that inflammation in the gut causes a whole other host of shit too but so this is where it starts like and that's what i'm getting at with beers it's just like maybe it's not so much the beer maybe it's the gluten in the beer as well as the, the amount that you're consuming but but the alcohol in general is a depressant like i mean you know like maybe you're having a red wine with dinner or something like that generally can probably be okay it just depends on who you are i personally know alcohol gives me depression in any amount so i just avoid it you know but but then the thing is just with the culture it's just like oh well if 
if I'm not drinking, well, then who am I? So that, that's another step. It's just like, well, maybe try it out. Maybe for a month, just don't don't drink. See how you feel. If you feel better, well, there's probably a good indication that there you go. Like, that's one thing you could work on. So that, this is where we get to the thing of actionable steps. It's just like, that is something you, you can change. Like, you, you, you can change what you put into your stomach. And that will have a massive effect on your mental health and improve it. So that's, and that's the problem in Australia. Like we just have that huge drinking culture and I'm not going to knock it. Cause I, like, I mean, I used to do it, but I, but I will say it's just, it does hinder helping people like with their mental health. Like if they, if they needed to give it up, it just makes it hard when, when yeah. the culture is, you only can socialize when you're having a beer with your mates. Yeah. It's like, ugh. And then, and then now the the more of the the change in where you're talking about the glutens and our foods with our glutens and our soys and all that extra crap now that it's so hard to avoid that other thing in foods as well. Like um, eating healthy is a task. People say it's not. Like Jamie Oliver's five minutes to do this or five minutes to do that. It is if you're a chef. And it's your job to cook food. But as you know now, living living on the road, you can eat healthy and simplicity without spending hours of time food prepping to make something healthy or spending a fortune to be healthy and eat healthy. Yeah, so I guess that's, that's the next thing. Like a lot of the food we eat, if you really want to look at it, and this is why I like hunting, like you're getting good, clean, quality meat. A lot of the food we eat now, like you don't really know what's in it. You don't really know where it came from. So like just bread, for instance, like I think bread sprayed with glyphosate, like nearly up to five times before it's harvested. Like it gets sprayed again if it hasn't ripened to, to help. Yeah, they spray it to kill it, to get an even consistent kill. Yeah, so that's, and that's another thing. It's like known now that, Roundup or glyphosate. I probably shouldn't use the word Roundup. Um, glyphosate. You're a brand basher, mate. You're a brand basher. <laughs> yeah, get me now. Um, it it's not only a known carcinogen, like a known causer of cancer. Glyphosate is bloody detrimental for your mental health. Like it's bloody t- toxic for your guts and your mental health. But you know, like it's just. It's just the everyday thing. You wake up, you have your toast, you have your sandwich, you have your bread, but it's just like, to, to you know, at what cost? Yeah. You, you know? Like, so that's another thing. Gluten is like so bad for your, your guts. And really any processed food, I mean, you haven't got to go as, the, the life I live has to be a, a hell of a lot more strict than most people because of the health position I'm in. So I basically only eat unprocessed whole real food like basically meat vegetables fruits like at the moment that's not the way i'm eating because i've got a bit more gut issues going on but but that's a good start like paleo or or something like that where you're just eating whole real food is the best thing you can do for your guts and that's a good start point but what's just... the, what's the symptoms for so i know i was at um i was getting tubby not people wouldn't say that because i wasn't but it was more i was putting on weight at a more advanced rate than than i was and i was working my ass off and not eating as much and feeling less energy than i was 
trying to keep the weight off, but what I was eating was just not metabolizing anymore. And, and then that happened to be affecting my uh, mood and disposition. So you shouldn't feel bloated. If you're feeling bloated, is, is that, we're not experts on this. We don't do the science on it, but I haven't felt it bloated since I changed my diet. And, and just a sign that things aren't right in your gut if you're bloating because things are fermenting that shouldn't be. Yeah, so a good thing to do, like after you eat, you see how you feel. If you feel a bit depressed or down or something after you eat, you probably should look at what you're eating. So if that that's exactly what happens to me when I eat gluten because um, I'm intolerant to it. But But for instance, like say you eat a big meal, if you feel really tired after you probably you, you might have eaten too many carbs or you've eaten something that doesn't agree with you or if you get gas or bloating or um like skin rashes or acne like the list goes on of symptoms if something like that's happening to the body you're probably eating something that's not agreeing with you and that in turn is is not going to make you feel very if good if you're feeling tired after your meal you shouldn't like i could eat this is a I can eat two T-bone steaks out of probably 300 grams, maybe bigger, for dinner if I haven't eaten. I'll, I'll sometimes I'll not intentionally fast. I just don't eat till two o'clock in the afternoon. I will. It won't be fasting because I'll have a, a coffee. But I'll eat two T-bones. I don't feel like I need to have a sleep. The people that that perception is after eating a big heavy meal. No, no. I eat a, two T-bones and I'm perfectly fine to keep on keep on keeping on so and that for like we we're all hunters here there's not going to be any vegans listening to this podcast if they are there could be hunter vegans that enjoy hunting but sort of really against what they're going for but don't be scared to smash meat that's full of fat and that we're trying to steer away from if you're feeling hungry don't be don't be put off by that bacon and and eggs you have an issue adam with dairy but that's also I think my brother recently found out he's got to give up some stuff that he was started having issues with his throat swelling up. No one could find out what was wrong. So he cut out, forget what it was, but it was either dairy or gluten out of his diet and it's gone away. And it's weird. It just came around nearly 30 and, and it seems to be that, that age where we, what did I say? We um, run out of, of cre body credits and we, we can't, <laughs> our, our youth outweighs our lack of youth outweighs our ability to process and deal with these foods and we hit to that middle age where our body's like, nah, stuff it, I can't deal with this anymore. And then we start getting putting on weight or we start getting depressed or tired or anxious. Suddenly start getting all these health things and you're like, well, I never got them in my 20s and I ate the same stuff. That's where you got to change your point of view to my 20-year-old my body was just better at handling the same way a brand new car can go over a corrugated gravel road for 50,000 k's without an issue. But once it hits 100,000, it starts to break with the same deal. It's nothing to do with, oh, it did it before, I can do it now. No, you, you have, to, have to look at something. If you, kept, if you were doing it, doesn't mean it was right. It just means you, um, you could handle it before, but maybe not so much now. So, and yeah, I don't get any... I was getting out. Yeah, I don't get any of the weird feelings by eating fatty bulk meats, and the same with certain vegetables or fresh veggies, which you can get anywhere. Woolworths has got some of the stuff is fresh. If you can't, 
you just steer away from long life stuff like tinned vegetables, wouldn't you? If you're going to eat, you want to buy, it doesn't mean you have to go and grow your own if you can't. You just got to buy quality items to eat, would you say? Yeah, I mean, most of the people listening to this podcast are obviously going to be hunters. So pretty much straight up, like you're, you're getting free meat and that's going to be the best quality meat you can get. So that's a good start there. I um, And, and like, if they're saying don't, I'll just saying oh, I shoot a goat don't eat it I never ate any goat and then I just shot a big old billy there a few months ago got some pre-packaged I didn't mind the chemical you wouldn't do it Adam but I put this pre-packed bloody thing from Woolies in in a slow cooker and you wouldn't even know it was an old goat wouldn't even have a clue if you can learn how to eat whatever you shoot will make a big difference you can eat wild pig you can eat goats that stink you can eat everything there is a way to cook it so it doesn't taste like shit <laughs> But go on from there. Yeah, I um I actually caught up with um Captain Bowman, good old Carl Brown, and um that uh, the deer buck that I shot, I don't know, like he wasn't too fussed about you know maybe eating something like that, and I said, oh, you should be right, I'll show you how to cook it up. So I cooked that, and even he said he's like, holy shit! I mean, uh, it's a bit of a bummer. He probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have said it in front of his wife, but he's like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten, <laughs> and um. <clears throat> I was, I was like, yeah, like even like I've eaten things people would would turn their nose up at. Like I've eaten dirty old boar. You've shot, you've shot a dirty old cape boar and eaten the back straps out of it <laughs> on the wire. Like if you can think of something rank, I've eaten it. But you just got to know how to cook it. Like you know, some things have to be slow cooked. Some things you got to cook really quickly at a high heat to get that real crispy skin, that real you know caram caramelization of of the of the skin or something like that or. There's there, if there's a way to cook something to make it bloody taste good, like even the most rank tasting stuff, like an old billy, which you wouldn't normally want to eat, I'd say you can you can make it taste good if you if you cook it the right way. So that's one thing I'd love to show people as well when I'm, if I take them out in the bush. Or, but uh, where are we going with this? <clears throat> yeah, oh yeah, so so we're, we're talking a lot about meat, and um, it. At the moment, it's it's weird how people work. Like we've got there's like the big vegan movement, and then um, carnivore is cool. You know, it's coming in to kind of even things out. But ultimately, like at the moment, I'm doing carnivore for some gut issues that I've got going on. But I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket, if you know what I mean. Like I think at at any stage in your life, you know, like you're never going to be able to eat one way for the rest of your life. Like. For instance, when I actually healed myself, so I don't know how to really talk about that, but I went paleo. So I basically just ate meat, fruit, vegetables, just all basic whole foods. And that's what healed me. Like it fixed my mental health. It just absolutely repaired my body, which kind of blew me away. It fixed a whole whole list of other shit, actually. So like that's a good start. Like, I mean, you don't necessarily have to just eat plants or just eat meat. Like you just, the, the best thing to do is just try it and see how you feel and what works for you like for me and and probably for you like um there, there is there is a few tests you can do to find out what's going to work for you better but but i've found with my body like when i when i did go carnivore like i was really hesitant at first because it's like oh crap you know you get told if you only eat meat you're gonna get you know cancer in your ass and um touch wood <laughs> that doesn't happen um you know you get told all these things like are you gonna have a heart attack if you eat that much fat but you know, like I tried it and it just doesn't appear to be true. Like quality of meat really matters. Like, I mean, if you're eating 
buckets of bloody fast food meat. Deep, deep probably, fried, yeah, deep fried that's, stuff. That's not, that's not ideal. I'm talking about eating grass-fed, free-range, hunted meat or the best quality meat you can find from the shops. And that seems to be working really good for me. But personally, like, I'd love to be able to eat fruit and vegetables again. Like, I, I don't want to be restricted just to one way of eating. But um, then the same token, like, I have personally seen people that go the other extreme where they only eat veggies and they then in turn, like a lot of people that go vegan end up getting depressed and um, mental illness because they're not getting, you know, the nutrients of meat. So <laughs> it's a, there's so many ways you could go down this path, but I think ultimately just eating real whole natural unprocessed food is the best way. Like whether you're going to eat more plants or more meat is up to you, but really you got to test that out. Like, I mean, just personally from what I've seen, people that usually go vegan seem to be fine for the first couple of years and then shit goes wrong. <laughs> and then they find that they're back eating meat. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. But, so you're, so eating changing because when you eat food, and it gets digested in your stomach it releases chemicals and a lot of the things that we are eating is not releasing the right chemicals that go through to our brain and affect the way the brain operates is that essentially what can happen or what does happen um, i mean i can go into it like i mean i'm obviously not yeah, a scientist we'll bore two people like too many. qualified but nah. um, yeah basically like what so if you really want to look at it, the most simple basic form, it's like what you, the, the old saying, you are what you eat is so true. It's not funny. Like literally your body absorbs food and then that has an effect on your DNA. So you can literally turn on genetics and turn off genetics just by the food you eat. So, I mean, if you're eating shit, we'll have a guess what you're going to be doing to your body. So it's like if you eat good, clean food, well then you, you know, you, you got some good stuff happening in your body. But then again, too, I'm saying that. So some foods which would seem to be very healthy aren't necessarily healthy for, for everyone. So personally for me and a lot of people, and it's more and more common this day and age is food intolerance. So food intolerance is another good trigger of like some kind of stinking thinking or mental illness. So for me, I'll for general, usually it's like gluten, eggs, dairy, um, nuts, seeds, Sugars, they're a pretty common cause of food intolerance. And even then, like the the uh, chemicals, like the, the processed chemicals that are in like a lot of junk food, like people have intolerances to like food coloring, you name it, like you could be intolerant to anything. And it's just getting more and more common because I mean, like not that long ago, like gluten intolerance is not even a thing, yeah. like, you know, or like nut intolerance. And, and that, or, that can also be brought on through a, intolerance of one item affecting your stomach bacteria and creating inflammation can affect the way you digest another product so you get one masking the effects of the other and they compound on each other to affect the way you think as well so it's it's a big yeah it's a, it can be a vicious circle of one affecting the other affecting the other because like you said people have these intolerances but some reverse those with a change in diet because one one thing is creating problems for the next item of food they're eating 
yeah, so you got you, your gut has like these junctions which stop uh, like certain food particles passing the barrier of your gut. But uh, say it gets inflamed uh, or permeated, like it's called leaky gut. So that's when your gut goes to shit, basically. And then like different food particles can pass through that junction and then your body, um, you know, can attack it and have a bit of like a, well, basically like, yeah, I'm talking about like inflammation. So the thing is, if your gut is up to shit, like you've got leaky gut or some kind of food intolerance going on, then you can become intolerant to other foods through that process. So like, like, let's just say, say you're intolerant to eggs. It might just be because your guts aren't the best at the moment, but in the future, if you heal your gut, you might be able to eat that again. Yeah. For me personally, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case just because um, eggs, dairy and gluten are basically what triggers my thyroid. So I think for me, it's best just to leave that shit on the shelf for the rest of my life. But depending on, yeah, depending on people. And then even then some really bad foods, um, for instance, probably can be tolerated if if your gut's healthy, but then most people aren't eating in a way that promotes a healthy gut either. Do they, so what's, um, so we'll try and move on from this because we'll probably we've got a bit into we it. Could talk, we could talk about this all day. Yeah, whether people like enjoy no, hearing it or not. <laughs> no, we're talking about, yeah. <laughs> so, so people who, so what we've gone through is if you, it's not only just you, you're feeling down and out, may not be your physical situation in life where you are financially could be, could all be related, but your ability to cope with that can be affected by your health a lot. So one of the things we're trying to put across with this is look at your health and then see if that changes the way you think about things in life. So if they were, how would they know to to that symptom would be going to the toilet irregularly multiple times having a bloated stomach gases um feeling heavy in the stomach all the time low on energy but not mental energy low on physical energy um anything else sort of there's there's things as you google these symptoms you can have fucking cancer but it it's also if you're fit, it could be this can improve everything if you know what I mean. It's a good baseline to start off is your diet and see if that helps you on from there. So what I'm trying to get at is people think they're eating healthy. How do they know? Yeah, good question. Okay, so like a good so there's a naturopath called Helen Pattern and she's got a poo chart. Like, <laughs> poo chart. like a chart of like different poos. So using that chart you kind of look on there and it's a good indicator of what you you know your poo's doing so like you know like one poo you might not be digesting food so then that could be an underlying cause that needs to be addressed or like you know, might have diarrhea or but you use that chart and then there is like a i think it's called the smiley poo so there's like the the poo you should aim for which is it's kind of weird to talk about poo but so you can use that chart and i mean if you if you get on the internet you'd be able to google a poo chart so that's that's like one way to to tell hey your stomach's going i mean if you've got like constant diarrhea or constant constipation you know something's 
Gone. It's not. It may not just be that you need to eat all bran in the morning. There's other issues. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then in turn, it's a vicious cycle. So, if you are battling depression and anxiety, like usually that that in turn can make you eat shit. You shit funny as well. And then if you're not getting enough sleep, so I guess yeah, really. I guess really where we where we're getting at where we're going is like, just having the chat talking about mental health is going to help. But it's usually people feel that they're helpless and that there's nothing that they can do. But this is so. What, what I'm trying to say is people can people can take charge of their mental health. So if you can focus on good food, and if you focus on good food, and then you start to feel better mentally, well, that's a good indicator that maybe what you're eating was causing you trouble. Also, in saying that, people might be night owls they might not focus on sleep so if you try to get good quality sleep then that's another thing you can do you can do that you know you can reduce your alcohol consumption and see if that helps you can bloody go for a walk or exercise or hunting's basically exercise so i mean that's stuff we can do which is going to help your mental health like making sure you you have a good community tribe you know like a good group of mates that's that's another thing you can do like there's there's stuff you can do to, to help with your mental health like you don't just have to sit under a rock and just or, hope it goes away or if your doctor who doesn't really have a super open mind is saying just take this or this or this you can still take that but also do these other activities to help and one thing i will say with my wife um fully understands that I need to go hunting if I'm having a cranky time somewhere I need to go and get released so if you've got a partner who just thinks oh he's just going hunting or he's just going fishing or whatever and fresh fresh seafood's a big winner too for your diet but um if if you can get them in a sincere mood and explain to them that it's not just about killing crap and you're going out there because you need that time to simplify things, simplify your head. You happen to get some meat that's good for you as well and you happen to get exercise. Like it's a massive winner and which is a lot of, I think, a lot of why people are happier when and, and things are quite good for some of the hunters who seem quite happy and may not have anything much else in life but they just live to hunt but it gives them all that kind of thing so it's a bit of an excuse if you want to use it that way but it's not because it's it's true if you if you if you have to use an excuse or you get your partner saying you're doing this too much you sit down and say look i need this time and not being a prick if you want to say look i'm not going to drink if you have to say i'm going fishing but i'm not going to drink go fishing and take the kids or whatever or you go and do your walking and you clear your head but then you come back from that and then put time into your partner to show that it has benefited your life as well. And because you can't just go and it seems selfish if, if you keep asking for all this time, um, even though it's benefiting yourself, you need to show your, your partner that what they're letting you do is benefiting your relationship as well. So I know depression and anxiety and everything's going to massively affect everyone relationship and their kids. So if you can, it's, it's not an easy way of getting out of it, but if you're going to you're going to let you go walking and hunting and fishing more, um, you need to show them that it's working. If they let you do that, yeah, I guess 
<clears throat> when you get into a relationship and, and you have kids, like there's going to be compromises you have to make in life. But I know a lot of guys do it tough, like they're constantly, <laughs> but my, yeah, she knows it. She knows when I need to go for a walk, when it's time I need to go bush for flat out, smash out some miles and uh, get a clear head. And I think a, a few guys battled with that. And yeah, if you can, if you're having a tough time in, in general, that's a good, a good, um, it's got everything for it in a way as as hunters um are all benefits that you just have to let uh put the uh trophy hunting or the me time aside when you're trying to talk to the other half about it um and and it could be beneficial too because you become more open to them in regards to what's going on yeah i, I guess this stuff for sure is where you're gonna have way more knowledge because i they have a wife and kids. So. <laughs> I know it does. I know it does. And guys, they might be struggling if they are if they are feeling like crap and their weekends are full of um, moping about because they can't do much or um, they can't convince the missus that they to let them go or should make them feel guilty for going off. Um, it's hard, but yeah, you gotta. If they let you do that, you gotta let them do the other way. You gotta throw it the other way. So. It's a win-win if you, if you get if you're getting better at headspace by doing these activities and benefiting from the better food and more time in the bush and more exercise and hunting, then you've got to show your other half that it's benefiting them as well by letting you do it. So just yeah, I throw guess, that little guess, bit in at the end. <laughs> yeah, I guess in a relationship, like as what as good as as good as as good as it is to be together, like you've got to have that little bit of solo time so you can do your own personal development and grow and then bring that back to the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. what you're talking about, like that bit of solitude, if you're using it, you know, if you're using Legitimately, it. Legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's, um, yeah, an hour and 20, 20 minutes. That's a pretty good length. We went pretty deep yeah. and some people won't, uh, find this interesting at all, but we only have to, the right number of people have to find this interesting and helpful. And so yeah. if people, so Adam, you're going from here on out, you want to, what we've talked about, you want to hit mental health and, and everything of men and women, you'd hope, and just improve people's life through living, changing how they live, not through meds, not through, it's more like a natural therapy, like life. Yeah. And so you're going to, develop this business is your plan is in the next couple of years is develop this up where people can get in touch with you and you work on taking people out and addressing their problems and figuring out how, how to to sort them out in their head space and in their health space out in a simple environment in the bush yeah basically like i just i have a burning desire to help people and just through my own life changes, you know, like we're, we're only on this planet once, if you believe that. <laughs> Maybe you come back or something else, I don't know. But you're only on this planet once and, you know, your time here shouldn't be miserable. Like we're here to enjoy life, you know, like like what's the point of being here if, you, if you're having a shit miserable go? Like why not? Basically you know, more of the same equals more of the same. So if you're feeling shit, like you're feeling like shit right now, like some shit's going to have to change in your life. 
and that's where I want to step in. And basically, for me, just getting back to the basic, most simple things is is a really good first step. You know, like we we got bogged down on food a bit in the chat, but um, yeah, like really, just reach out, have a chat with someone, talk to someone, focus on sleep, focus on food. You know, they're, they're pretty good start start points for this. Like, yeah. We're here, for, we're here for one go, like, let's bloody enjoy it. So if people want to get in touch with um, yourself, uh, what's your uh, the preferred track is Instagram? Is that your preferred communication or Facebook? Yeah, I'm on all those platforms, but, yeah, you probably have a better chance to get me on Instagram. So it's and, uh, Adam, just Adam Kavanagh? Is there an yep. underscore? Yeah, I'm sure people will find me on there, yeah. Adam Kavanagh. If they want it, they'll find it. <laughs> they want it, they'll find it. I'm going to link you in the uh, the when we promote this anyway. So there'll be a link Jeez, yeah. to Chase Adam and and um, yeah. If you if you you genuinely, there's no easy way out. You're going to have to work with stuff. But if you're generally ready to work and and then change change what's going on in life, you get in touch with any of us as hunting camp. Um, Rob Herbert's really going through a journey now, and he's more than willing to help anyone and. I will offer what I can, uh, same with with Craig and Al, um, anyone, and, and Adam's there to um, offer advice as a bit more of the, the health side of things. Um, there will be a point where we can't, Adam's going to have to go professional and re- earn an income from these things, but um, yeah, you're not, all, you're not alone out there, and, and as as Herbie's touched on a few times, but um, let's take the next step from just talking about things to acting on it. Yeah, well said. Any final well words said. from you, Adam? Yeah, I mean, like, um, I guess there's there is so much more we can do to help with this stuff that we didn't even get to touch on in this chat. But yeah, if anyone wants to know any more information, hit me up. Let, like, yeah, let's have the chat. I can point you in the right direction. I'm, I'm here to help so like like you said like yourself and like you know st- let's get a crew together and let's start having this chat and start helping blokes out sounds good well thanks for coming on adam and um i'm sure we'll get you on again in the future and um look we don't have to have the you don't have to be anyone still listening hopefully this can help you even if you think you're in a good situation take something away from this that change the way you think um Thanks. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Thank you for listening to the Hunter Camp Down Under podcast. If you would like any information from today's show, please don't hesitate to contact us on huntingcampdownunder at gmail.com or simply hit us up on any of our social media outlets on Instagram or Facebook. Be sure to join us next week for another awesome episode and we look forward to sharing another story from Hunting Camp Down Under. Bye for now.